Let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six, okay? But you got to do the ands. One and two and three and four, that? Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six? Yep. Okay, here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. One and two and three and four and five and... Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider... And your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. Here we are once again to deliver what I like to call the news to the people. Because there's a lot of noise out there, and someone's got to tell you the truth, and it may as well be your thanks, daddies. Yeah, where are you going to get the cold the cold hard Fs? Probably right here. Here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, other places you might get stuff that, that people are is are representing as cold hard f's but we are bringing you the actual cold hard f's feel them they're cold feel it it's hard <laughs> it's cold and hard <laughs> just like my yeah, heart these are the cold hard f's it is pretty wild that you can based on whatever you want to believe about the world you can find news that'll just reinforce that yeah it's wild and it's all paid for it's all bought by corporations that's weird. Yeah. If you're in a global pandemic and there needs to be medicine out there for it, and the news source you choose to watch is telling you to take that medicine, and that medicine is paying for the news with advertising, that's weird. The thing that I find weird is that it's these dudes whose daddy didn't love them running these companies. They're gotta be, they gotta be kind of. Like, at the very least, they're sociopaths. Because they're like, well, if I get enough money, then then I'll be safe and loved, even though that'll never happen. And of course, they'll never go to therapy. And uh, meanwhile, Tom keeps on- Slipping into the future? Slipping, slipping, slipping. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what we call the, the cold hard Fs. Do you have a preoccupation with your dad's love? Did that occupy a really large part of your body of work or your mental space? Like, Because it's a tale as old as time, right? It's a tale as old as time. I, I don't... I, if you asked me, like, what, what are the things you spend most of your time thinking about? I would have said, throughout my life, death, sex. Like, my relationship with my dad would have fallen... Like consciously, I think it, it falls low on the on like I don't pre I'm not preoccupied with my relationship with my dad. I think my relationship with my dad colors almost everything, and I think it does everybody else as well. Like supposedly, your relationship with God is very indicative of your relationship with your dad. Like if you have a really bad relationship with your dad, you're probably gonna have a bad relationship with God. If you have a great relationship with your dad, it's easier for you to find a relationship with God. These are cold Fs. They're hard, too. Well, there's a reason that they called God a heavenly father. The whole thing is derived and created on the tale as old as time, which is that your parents have so much power over your psyche. Yeah, CHF. What they do and what they don't do, where there was a positive and where there was a deficit. And, you know, I didn't have a great run with my dad. I sort of accept it. It definitely has colored who I am and all that. But I'd be lying if I said I was consciously real preoccupied with it, especially as I'm getting into my 40s. It's like, nah, he didn't do a good job. His dad didn't do a good job. Who cares? Yeah. Again, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. 
but I think it's there. I think it's there. It's under, you know, if I'm, if I'm being honest, well, sure. It's underneath it all. Your relationship with your mom and your dad, that relationship you had with your parents from the time you were zero to the time you were about three or four kind of colors everything. Well, that's because they are God. Like if you think about what God is, God is who created you, right? Your parents created you. I mean, they made you. Your mom your mom grew yeah. you in her body. You were a part of her fucking biological body. They are God. And that's a lot of power to bestow upon in your case and maybe in some parts of my case, a couple of knuckleheads who didn't know what they were doing. Well, and you realize early on that like you need these beings these godlike beings to take care of you. Otherwise you're fucked. Like if you're, if your parents don't feed you, you're like, you don't know how to get food. I mean, you kind of do. Cause at a certain point you're like, Oh, the food's over there and you can kind of get at it. And then you like eat the chocolate and you're like, mm, this is good chocolate, but it's not sweet. Like chocolate's supposed to be. And then your parents come home and they're like, who ate all the X lax. <laughs> and why is there a different kind of chocolate all over the floor? Yeah, and then Bobby, Bobby's in the bathroom. You know, I was reading about the weight loss medication Ozembic, and some of the it's not weight loss; it's diabetes medicine. And some of the side, like bad side effects, are nausea, vomiting, or no nausea, upset stomach, and diarrhea. Dude, anytime somebody says diarrhea, I'm like, give it to me. I'm a fan of diarrhea, dude. Hmm. I don't think I knew this about. Let's explore this. Dude, there's nothing nothing like a real serious diuretic poop to make you feel clean inside. Dude, you lose it's a weight loss yeah. miracle. <laughs> like you can lose up to 2 pounds over the course of about 15 seconds. I know, but if if you could get it without the sweating and the cramps cuz the worst thing about diarrhea is before you have it. If you're right, it, look, the other things. Yeah, look, if you have a quiet, clean, private toilet, which is what I like to call an endless runway. Heaven. Eden. The Garden of Eden. You're going to have to land a pretty serious plane coming up here. And what you want when you need to land a serious Dude, plane. I'm like, an air, I'm like an aircraft carrier with my poops. I don't need a long runway. <laughs> well, I need, <laughs> I need air traffic controllers to be in my comms. I need it to be clear runway. Right. And I need to know that uh, that we're going to get landed there. Dude, I'm like Tom Cruise in fucking Top Gun 3. <laughs> What's he doing in Top Gun 3? Wearing a <laughs> diaper? Pla- he's landing those planes on a dime, dude. He's coming in. Yep. Landed. What, I mean, what if you're in a dicey sitch? Dude, for the first time in my whole life, I've been flying on planes professionally for a long time, 20 years. Never had to poop on a plane, even on an international flight. Never had to do it. And I was on a two-hour domestic flight recently. And I usually like the aisle because I'll have panic attacks if I'm in the window. Because when I'm at the window, I feel like I can't get out. Right. And that exacerbates my panic attacks. But for whatever reason, I'm over on the window and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to get home. I'm just going to get home. It's fine. I'm on the window. You know what? Maybe I'll take a nap. And you start getting those cramps, man. You start sweating. And I was like, oh my God. And then so like the next 20 minutes of my entire mental life was just trying to will it away so that I could just get home. And then it became clear during that process that this is going to go down. Right. And I always wait too late. Like when I when my body finally convinced me that it was going down, it was almost too late. Now you're basically it's World War One, and you've got to go from your trench 
to where the Germans are. Right. And try not to get killed. <laughs> try not to get a a pant full of poop. And I barely made it. And the airplane bathrooms are the worst. They're the worst. That they're not made for poop. <laughs> Dude, they're not made for much of anything, really. And then you and then I, you know, it took me a minute to finish my session because I was sick. And so then of course, when you open that door, there's a little queue of people out there. And it's just all horrible. There's just it's just all terror. Were you making sounds when you were pooping? Were you blowing the trumpet of <laughs> Asgard? The trumpet of Valhalla. The one nice thing about getting sick on a plane is that it's loud up there. There's a lot of there's just a lot of noise, ambient noise. So I wasn't too worried about that. Imagine if it was whisper quiet and then you're in that little tiny closet. Oh my god, making those sounds. Oh my god, dude. The secret to the secret to pooping happily in public is to just wear headphones and listen to your favorite jams. Because I just shut the world out, and then I don't care what sounds are happening. I don't care what anyone thinks. I just wear my headphones. Oh, that's dude, that's a nice hack. Yeah, it's a pretty good life dude, hack. Dude, that's a, that's, a, that's a CHF right there, dude. Oh, here, we're on cold hard fact time. <laughs> Where's the most public place you've ever had to use the restroom? I mean, the worst incident I ever had was I was, I think I was in Baton Rouge, or Lafayette, somewhere in Louisiana, and I had to poop. And I was in, we were playing one of those clubs that doesn't have a backstage. Oh my God. Yeah. And the bathroom in the club was like one of those where it didn't have a door on the stall. Perfect. And I just wasn't going to go in there. So I just went around to the side of the building and <laughs> leaned up against the building with my back to the building, pulled down my pants, and just took a poop right. Against the side of the building. <laughs> no toilet paper. Oh, no. You know. Oh, and then played the show. And then went in and played the show. A little crusty hiney. I think I might have gone in the bar, gotten some napkins, then come back out, done a wipey poo, <laughs> and then gone back in and, and done the set. And it was one of those. It was hot. Yeah. So I was like sweaty. Oh, God. Gross. This is back in my drinking days, so it was a drinking poop, you know. Oh yeah. It was it was one of those deals where there was no it was coming, so Yeah. There's a at some point you just brace for like you're in a new world, you're in a new reality. There's no maybe I should wait, maybe I should find some better circumstances. It's happening. Yeah, the best story I've ever heard is Conrad, which we may have even talked about on this podcast where he was in a band called Banana Blender Surprise. But Conrad used to play in the band with me and you. He plays drums great guy and he tells the story about how he was playing with banana blender surprise he was probably like 17 at the time maybe 18 at the most they're playing at this place called liberty lunch there's no backstage bathroom there's only that horrible bathroom like from the place that i was talking about where the the bathroom at the liberty lunch was a, a long thin room with a a long urinal, like one of those single urinals where everybody's just hanging their dick into the urinal. Yeah, like a trough. It's a trough. So there was one long trough. At the end of the trough was one toilet, no door, no privacy, just one toilet at the end of the trough. So you sit down on the trough, you look down, you just see a row of dicks, <laughs> and then you're just pooping there in front of everybody. Uh, <laughs> the worst bathroom in the world. Oh, and let me explain the bathroom. So the the, the toilet is covered in stickers. So uh, every band that's ever been there covers it in stickers. So those stickers are just soaking up gross shit. You know what I mean? Yes. There's no like, 
oh, let's keep it. You know, you, there's no way to wipe it and keep it sanitary. It's just stickered, covered, you know, poop and pee. So he's playing, and all of a sudden he has to shit and jumps off the stage, runs to the bathroom, and gets on that toilet at the end of that. And it's it's a crowded place, so the place, you know, the bathroom's filled with dudes peeing. And he just has to sit there and shit. <laughs> it really levels everything. It's, it's out. a nightmare. Yeah. Well, it's a nightmare. I actually do have a secret weekly story. I'm going to let everyone know what the premise is, and then we're going to save it. Um, on this past tour, uh, you know, everyone talks about there's no pooping on the bus, right? Oh, yeah. It's a big no no on a bus. Well, on this past tour, your boy got real sick on a bus, and we were in Montana. And there was nowhere to stop. So I will tell that story of what I did. And it's horrible and gnarly. I will be telling that story in the Secret Weekly. Are the initials for that story B-A-S? <laughs> no, B-O-S. Uh, no. Couldn't even get a bag of shame. Well, couldn't even get a hot bag stitch. It's, it's truly horrible. And um, it did happen to me. I can't and wait. I will be telling that story. Don't let me forget. Because I, I, I did a bag of shame on the bus in New York one time. And now here, here's what happened. So you can't poop on the bus. If you poop on the bus, the whole bus smells like poop. So you can only pee in there. Now, if you have to poop, which I had to poop one time in New York City, what you do is you get a trash bag and you line the toilet bowl with a trash bag. Then you put the seat down, do your business, pull the seat up. Take the bag of shame out, put it in another bag, mm -hmm. because obviously the outside of it's coated with urine. The double bag is crucial. The double bag is crucial. So you take that bag out, you put it in another bag, then you tie that up very securely, because now that's got poop and pee in it. And then you go outside and you find a trash can and you dispose of it. Well, yeah. Well, I would. I would if you're looking for some hot neat and tidy. If you're looking for some hot tips, I'd also pour a bottle of water in that bag before you do your business. Um, to mask the smell. And I also have called them hot bags. But anyway, listen, let me tell you something about what I went through. Well, let me let me tell you something about that bag, by the way, when you pick it yeah, up. Yeah, it's heavy. It's so, dude, it's so heavy. Because here's the reason. You're doing this thing in a crisis situation. It's not like a, it's not like a, like, oh, it's my morning poop. This is an emergency situation. This is a critical mass situation. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a heavy bag. Let me preface what I'm going to talk about in the Secret Weekly. The hot bag option makes what I had to do sound like pooping in in God's own personal guest bathroom. <laughs> Donald Trump's golden toilet. <laughs> exactly, dude. It was fucking gnarly, debasing, dehumanizing. I cannot wait for this Secret Weekly. Um, should we pivot away from shit and piss talk, or are we going to eat up the whole half hour on shit and piss? Well, we started out by breaking down what the truth is. Right, which is what we do every week. And then we pivoted right into poop. Well, what else is there? Again, what's hard, what's cold, what begins with the letter F? <laughs> of what you just fact. said. Dude, Carl Sagan, you know, famously had the pale blue dot where he very beautifully and eloquently basically pointed out that every war, every lost competition, every murder, every petty crime, Every joy, every sorrow, all pain, all madness occurs on this tiny little, what he called, you know, a speck of dust suspended in a moonbeam. And it, it was beautiful, right? P put everything in perspective. I submit to you, my, my poor man's Alabama version of that is, just look at shit and piss. 
Shit and piss is the only argument you need that there is no God. Because shitting and pissing is horrible, strange, very close, and sometimes in the case of urinating with men, connected to the sexy parts. It's a f- insanely flawed design. Often, because guess what happens when you mix piss and shit with the sexy parts? It kind of makes you sick. It's like the whole, uh, the tube that you breathe through is also the tube you shove food down and choke and die. Also dicks down if you're into that. And I am, and you are, and we both know that. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I just watched that little dicky video. Yeah. The gel, gel. Sex and gel video. Have you ever watched no. that? It's so fucking gross, dude. Oh, is it like a real thing about sex and jail, or is this a comedy thing? It's a comedy thing, and it's but it's a rap that he does where he goes to jail, and in jail he to to get out of raping, he says, "Hey, he puts up a list and says, "Hey, if you want blowjobs, sign up on this list." And then he gets the guy who's going to rape him to death to. He's going to give the guy a blowjob, but he bites his dick off, basically. Well, that's what I'm doing. Dude, other than like being in some sort of slave sex traffic thing, which sounds like horrible, male prison sounds like the scariest place you can be in the world. Like um, an American male maximum security prison. I don't know. Ru- Russian prisons are supposed to be even worse. Are they? Well, okay. So, like, Supposedly. I'm just going to say any male prison where you're surrounded by men whose lives are lives as normal people are over. And so all they have now is this new world that they're trying to climb the hierarchy in and survive in, which is completely built on violence and hatred and malice and, and fear. Yeah. It'll really deter you from doing crime. I mean, I don't think I would do crimes. I don't think I would do many crimes anyway, but it really keeps you out of the crime business. If you think about how horrible jail must be. I think I would do crimes if there was no time to do. I mean, Louis C.K. talks about murder. He goes, if there were no repercussions for murder, you would probably murder at least one person in your life. Yeah, at least one. And then you might feel bad about it and go, well, I don't want to do that anymore. Well, here's the deal. I don't think human beings, psychologically, if you're a healthy human being, it's not that you don't want to get to, to rub some people out. It's that you don't want to live in a world in which people do that to each other. Like, the best world you can live in... Willy-nilly. The best world you can live in is a world where people don't do that. So you tend to behave in a way... You tend to make the world you want to live in. And no one wants to live in a world where people can... You don't want to get killed taking your fucking garbage out or getting the mail because someone doesn't like a song you put on your last album. So so, it's called the the golden Yeah, It's just reciprocity. It's kind of built into primates. But yeah, I do think... Well, what do they call them? Crimes of passion. You walk in and your chick's S in another D. Right. If you don't have the right tools, yeah, you're going to, they call it a crime of passion. They will try somebody differently in a crime of passion than they will if you methodically and cold heartedly killed somebody. What do they call it? Cold blooded murder. They have degrees of murder. One's called homicide. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you're at home. Right. And in a way, you aside. see somebody, somebody digging into the side of your bride. That's called homicide. And then the other one is just called capital murder. I was thinking today about how how insane it is. <laughs> how insane it is that we get so upset when our spouses like stray and which is horrible. It's a horrible thing. 
But the problem, if there's a straying situation, really is that the relationship wasn't good. And I was thinking about when I was a kid, when I was like 13, my girlfriend at the time, and you know me, I was kind of a romantic little kid. I had real. Yeah, I know you. You're not down with OPP. I had real big love feelings for at a young age, and my girlfriend kissed this other dude, and he was real tall and real handsome. And God damn it, I hated him, and I wanted to kill him, and I was mad at her, but I was more mad at him for some reason. And then I was playing baseball in my high school, and he joined the baseball team, and I was like, "Oh, this motherfucker! This motherfucker!" Prepared to hate him the whole time. He became one of my best friends on the team. Nice guy, funny guy, kind of a dumb dumb, and kind of just a great guy. He just kissed her at a party once. Yeah. You know what that's called? Bros before hoes. Well, he became my bro. And <laughs> the problem is I can't remember anything else about him. And if I close my eyes in my mind's eye, I can't even see his fucking face. It's because he didn't have a face. He was faceless. He was a faceless kid. I did meet a man who didn't have a nose once. And... uh his back was to me. I was driving to a festival and I was in the van and his back was to me and he looked like someone who worked for the festival. I was rolling and I said, excuse me, I'm trying to get to the stage right there. And when he turned around, he didn't have a fucking nose. And I did this. Was his, name, was his name Michael Jackson? And I did this, Bob, when I saw him. I went, ah! I screamed. <laughs> and then I tried to pretend that I was screaming because I couldn't park the van. <laughs> Because I screamed yeah. like I'd seen a monster. I was in Petaluma, California, and they wailed this um, person who had deformities uh, backstage to meet me. He's in a wheelchair, no like no legs that I could see, kind of weird hands, like just a kind of a look like a monster. <laughs> and he he put his hand out to to so I could shake his hand, and it was like shaking like a potato <laughs> like it just felt kind of like a small deformed potato and i was like and i had the same thing you had which was like ah! in inside of my brain but on the outside it was all like poker face yeah, smiling no 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 smiling <laughs> jesus christ no jeez there's no smiling going on i was just trying to hold in a scream so it was on, on the on the outside it was just you know, nothing. Cause I'm good yeah. at that. I'm good at like not showing any emotion whatsoever. And, uh, and, and then I was like, Oh, Hey, did you have a good, you know, after the shock of shaking this weird potato hand <laughs> wore off, I was like, Oh, so do you have a good show? You know, did you enjoy the show? He's like, yeah, I had a great time. You know, thanks for meeting me, blah, blah, blah. Signed something for him, handed back. And then as he was leaving for whatever reason, he gave me his other hand to shake and it was a normal hand. Yeah, he was playing a little potato hand game with you. He was playing potato tricks with your boy. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was so pissed. When he when he shook my hand with that normal hand, I was like, and I'm, I, of course, on the outside, nothing, of course. Poker player. Right. Bye-bye. <laughs> but on the inside, I was so angry. And then I was like, nobody's ever playing potato tricks on your boy again. And to this day, nobody has. But if they did, <laughs> if somebody offered me a hand, I'm checking their other hand if they gave me a weird surprise hand. like Right. That. You're like, show me the other hand. And if the other hand's also yeah. a potato, if you're the other like, hand's right, normal, cool. don't give me the hand that's got the giant finger claws if you got a normal hand over there on the other arm. 
period. <laughs> Them's the rules, dude. Well, look, it's it hasn't been in the fridge. I didn't force Viagra into it. It's just naturally cold and hard. And it's a fact. So now it begins with the letter F. Right. Look it up. That's what happens, man. People, if you let them, you know, what, what is that? What is that guy going to do, though? Besides play potato tricks on people, you know, he likes to just, you know, he just wants to watch what happens when he gives them that hand. Well, <clears throat> I kind of get it. You know, I really get it. If God, yeah, I get it, too. If God gave you a potato for a hand. And that's what God did to him. Yeah. Because guess what God's got to do? Take credit for the good and the bad. He can't just be the God of the nice stuff, okay? He can't be the God of the hand model, and he can't be the God of the fucking Tom Brady who can throw a pigskin beautifully across the sky right. into the hands of a, another man who also has beautiful hands. Uh, God also is responsible for the potato. Well, here's, here's what I'm going to propose. And somebody proposed this to me a while back, and I like this idea. No, it's just an idea. It's just an idea. Hit me with it. But I like the idea. Hit me with it. The idea is that you choose what life you want, even before you're born. Kind of like when you go to a movie, you don't just willy-nilly throw your cash into the fucking ticket seller's face at the movie theater and go just you decide which movie i go to you go on rotten tomatoes you find out which movie you want to watch oh there's a horror movie what's the rating you vet it out oh what theater is it at oh it's at this year it's close by how long is this movie oh it's oh it's an hour and a half that's perfect oh it's three hours that's too long and you figure out what movie you want to go see and then you go see the movie now do you know what happens in the movie no you just go into it but you kind of know what the movie is going to be about you know it's going to be a horror. Oh, you know it's going to be a rom-com, action film. Oh, it stars this guy. I like this actor. I like this director. I It's the right amount of time because then I got to go to work afterwards. So this idea is, is that before you're even born, you decide kind of what experience you want to have as a human being. And then you pick that experience and then you live it. But you don't, again, you don't know what's going to happen. Otherwise, it wouldn't be fun or exciting. You don't know why you're there or what's going on. You're just thrown into this world. You're going to die one day. It's all scary and crazy and weird. So somebody told me this idea. I'm like, well, that's a great idea because you and me are normal, healthy, white people living in America, well-to-do, successful. What about this guy? And then right at that moment, this guy walks like tools by in his wheelchair. And he's one of those guys, you know, really deformed, using the straw to steer the fucking wheelchair. I'm like, what about that guy? Do you think that guy picked that that movie to go see? And he goes, of course, because after you've done, you know, regular white guy a hundred thousand times or a million times or however many long, you know, eternities a long time, after you've done all those, you're going to want to try something else. You're going to want to go see Martyrs. You're not going to maybe want to see Martyrs over and over again. I saw it once. That's plenty of times for me. <laughs> so yeah, maybe you want to have that experience of being a, you know, being deformed and seeing what that's like. I mean, that's another experience to have. And like somehow when he said it, it was like, oh, I like that idea. That I find that idea comforting. And it also explains all the horrible shit that happens in the world. You're saying the idea philosophically that you choose your experience and maybe sometimes you would choose an experience that seems insane because you yeah. because you've you've lived so many experiences. I think that's a fascinating philosophical concept. It helps me 
deal with horrible shit. Well, now we're going to have the experience where we go into the Secret Weekly and I talk about um, doing a number two on a tour bus. So, Oh, dude, I'm excited. If you want to join us there, all you got to do is join us on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash IOK. And uh, <clears throat> we're going to go there now. You can join us there. If not, we appreciate everyone who listens. Send us an email, bobandclint at gmail.com. Ask us a question, suggest a topic. We'll talk about whatever you want. And we'll see you on the flip-flop. Peace. Bye. <laughs>